Some folks are looking down the nose of a long weekend, right, Paul? Some people have off tomorrow. It's Good Friday. It's era of Passover. It's first night of Passover. Is it? Is it? it I mean, it it Mm -hmm. should be a day off, but I don't. Do do people have Good Friday off, DJ? I I imagine some people take it off, right? I know. I mean, I was supposed to be off. I had requested this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off when we were going to when I was going to travel to New Jersey, and I had to cancel because of obviously my cancer recurrence, and I need to stay home and not be at the airport and around people. So I had to stay home, but the kids are there. But yeah, I mean, tomorrow night the Seder starts, so. Yeah, David. Do, you, well, do some people have? Off? Yeah, there are some schools and businesses that choose to take it off. But I was I was doing some research for my quiz earlier, and uh, Good Friday is not a national holiday, but it is a holiday in twelve different states. So most places Ooh. no, but in some states, I I don't have a list, but in some states it is. Interesting. Right. Okay. And our holidays, uh, the Jewish holidays, always start when I say erev. Erev means like Eve, like the night before. Uh, well, it doesn't. You know. So the night before. So our first Seder is tomorrow night, which is also Shabbat, but that's just a coincidence. But, you know, it'll everything will start at sundown. So it's even though the first full day of Pesach, Passover isn't until Saturday, which is also Shabbat, uh, it starts the night before. So we have a Seder Friday night and Saturday night. We start uh, and the two first days of holidays are like high holidays, big ones. And then the last two also. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I'm here with you. And I will be tomorrow until after, and then I'll Good. go make Seder with my husband and <laughs> FaceTime my family so we can join in on theirs. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're here with me today, Jordana, uh, one day at a time. And uh, you sound great. Thank you. You look fantastic. I can, I can so see you. you on the Google Duo. And if anybody missed us, they can see us on uh, Twitter and Facebook because we did a live stream with Todd Walker. Uh, so you can watch that. And and Paul and I will both tweet that out. I'm at Jordana WCCO. Sorry about that. I'll turn off my phone. I'm at Jordana WCCO. He is at P. Douglas Weather. And I posted a photo that my wife took of me uh, shoveling the deck four years oh, ago. We today? just built a new oh, house. And we, no, not, not today. Uh, <laughs> under, the heading, <laughs> under the heading, things could always be worse. First of all... I saw some five to six foot drifts in Bismarck, North Dakota. They've just been pummeled. They got 20 to 40 inches and they got five, six, seven foot drifts. But four years ago today, we had 11 inches of snow in the metro. Uh, There were hip deep drifts. And I posted a photo on Twitter of me shoveling this stupid deck because we were worried that there was so much snow that the deck might collapse and it didn't collapse, but good grief. And so... People were despondent four years ago, and I was hearing the same stuff even louder four years ago. Like, what is, what's wrong with our weather? Why can't we have a nice spring? By the end of April, four years ago, Jor, it was 84 degrees. Mm-hmm. It hit 100 degrees in May. Every month was hotter than average right through the summer. Typical pattern, La Nina. And all of Noah's models, well, 9 out of 10 are predicting a hotter, drier summer than average for Minnesota. I know it's hard to believe, looking out your window, but we all know how quickly things can turn. So we'll see. I'm looking at this picture from your Twitter. I just reposted it on WCCO's Twitter, and it kind of just looks like a guy that picked up a shovel for a photo shoot is kind of what it looks like. (laughs) 
you out on there. Like, you know, you're kind of holding it backwards. Like you've never even that's used cool. the snow shovel that's before. That's facts. Yes. <laughs> you know, Lori was shoveling. Yes. And I then he grabbed it. I was like, hey, let me grab that for a photo. I was you shoveling take it, Lori, before you were a gleam in your papa's eye. I was shoveling. Let me tell you, when I shoveled my way to school and shoveled my way back, uphill both ways. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's no, a truth I was teller. shoveling. He knows you. He got you. <laughs> no, no. I was. I, look, Lori was barking directions and I was out shoveling because oh, she was concerned the deck was going to collapse. There was that much snow. Oh, God. We had oh, what? Look, we had 26 inches the first 15 days of April in 2018, and there were some, you know, big drifts, three, four foot drifts. So, but anyway, my point: this is going to be a spring like that—a light switch in the span of a few days. We go from 30s to 70s, and I think this time it's going to stick. I don't think we're going to see relapses back in the 30s, uh, late April, early May, but we shall see. I think it's we going to be a stinking see. hot summer. We shall see, my friend. Not David, are you done with the snow even today? Are you are you done? Well, for me it's all about what I can go do in the snow. Right. And and, and I you think can't that's do anything with I think this. that's what it should be for everybody. Like we should all want to be outside. And I I did go for a walk with the girls today, but it was windy and snowy and they stayed in the right. covered stroll. There's yeah, you, you know, you're you're not doing any fun in the snow today. So Right. No, I'll take a huge snowstorm so I can strap my skis on again, but this doesn't do me any good. No. I yeah. I went out to get the mail at the top of the hour when CBS How'd was playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wept. <laughs> I openly neighbors came up to console me. I'm just yeah, I'm just yeah. disgusted. You know, that snowstorm we were just talking about um 4 years ago in April of 2018, I, yeah. I think was my fault. Because Why? we, well, that's when Baby Winter was born, and we chose that name months and months before she was going to be born, and then she's born in April, and the day she was born was the first snowstorm of uh, maybe ten or eleven inches, and then when she was nine days old, we got the even bigger snowstorm. The storm. second storm, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, totally so your fault. You're there. taking so, responsibility. Yes, absolutely. At least, yeah. 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 Well, at least you're owning hmm. up to it. I wish, I wish I could do it, it again. Uh, when we get back, we'll get a little escapism. T- uh, Tim Lammers is going to join us a little bit late today because we, don't ha- we won't have him tomorrow. So he's joining us, I guess, a day early, but a little bit late in the show to talk about streaming, what to serve up. That's next on CCO. 20 years ago, we got our first glimpse into the wizarding world. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? And a spell was cast. I want to be a wizard. So do I. I love everything about this. I'm a huge Potter fan. I am so excited that there's another film in the series. And Tim Lammers is joining us now. And, of course, his reviews are always brought to us by Bradshaw and Bryant. Uh, Tim, I'm super excited about this Dumbledore movie. Well, you should be, and, and thank you so much, Jordana and Paul, for having me on a day early. You never know about baseball games. They could go extra innings and all that sort of stuff. Yep. So we're taking the safe route. 
Now, the game could have gone fast. I mean, somebody could have been throwing a perfect game. and Oh, wait a second. Oh. That's right. They, they, they yank pitchers out of perfect games. and They don't let people witness history. That's right. That's right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, tell us how you really feel, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go against the green on that one. Uh, but, yeah, I gotcha. look. I uh, my game is movies, obviously. Uh, I think you and I both, Jordana, were very, very disappointed, if not bored, if not confused, by The Crimes of Grindelwald, which was the last Fantastic Beast mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. I was not excited about this. I told Dave Josephson on the phone earlier, I just want to get it over with. I just expected more of the lame same, but mm-hmm. I was surprised. Now, look, I am in the, I'm uh, uh, Team Potter. Okay, I love all of mm-hmm. those films. I thought the first Fantastic Beast film was pretty dang good. The yeah, last I liked it one, too. I, yeah, the last one, not a fan. So I'm thinking, you know, do we really need more of this? And it's kind of like a yes and no. I mean, look, you got everything going for it that you had going for the Potter films. You have the uh, lavish production design. Um, you know, the special effects are leaps and bounds ahead of what we saw in those Potter films. You have great actors, you know, Jude Law, um, so many others in, in this picture, Eddie Redmayne. Um, so it has so many good things going for it. Um, one thing that they did different was because of Johnny Depp's alleged problems, problems that he's you know taking up in a defama- defamation case right now. In fact, um, they replaced him with Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald. So I think basically they went back to square one with this one. What they did was it, it's basically a battle of good and evil, like the Potter films. Uh, you know, you have the young Dumbledore played by Jude Law. You have Grindelwald played by Mads Mikkelsen. And Mads Mikkelsen's character, the, uh, Grindelwald, of course, committed horrific crimes in the last film. Now he's cleared of those crimes in this one, which allows him to be elected to the head of the wizarding world, which, you know, as a fan of the dark arts, you know, he's going to turn things really, really ugly. Not only that, he's going to declare war on the muggles. So things can go really south if this guy succeeds. So Jude Law, you know, gets Newt's commander and all these other folks together to try to stop him. So... As you can probably tell by the description, the plot makes sense to me. That last one was too mm-hmm. convoluted, didn't make a lot of sense to me. So this one did. Um, main complaint, like a lot of these films, two hours and 22 minutes long. Obviously, J.K. Rowling has the clout to say, I want a two hour and 22 minute film. She's going to get it, right? Yeah. Um, so, okay. you know, you, you feel like this stuff could be a little tighter, a um, little better explained. I think the hardcore Harry Potter fans are going to love it, though. Oh, good. Okay. Yay. Yay. That's good. Hey, I uh, I like anything that Mark Wahlberg, Marky Wahlberg is in. And so I'm looking forward to this next option. It's called Father Stew. What can I get for you, miss? I got beef. I can see that. Hey. Hey. Let's not waste I'm a Catholic. Why well, ain't that what confession's for? You can't date someone who isn't baptized. I thought you was going to say Hispanic. Where's the water? I'll do it now. I know I'm not what you used to, but not what you deserve either. Life's going to give you a gut full of reasons to be angry. You only need one to be grateful. Wow. Okay. So 
we have a very unusual situation here. This yeah. is an R-rated faith-based movie. You don't see that okay. happen that often, but uh, Father Stu, Stuart Long, led, and this is based on a true story, led an R-rated sort of life as far as, you know, the F-bombs and all that sort of stuff. So if parents want to bring their kids to this faith-based film, just be aware of that going in. Um, but uh, boxing was Stuart Long's passion to begin with. Uh, took too many blows to the head. It really got to the point where the doctor said, you know what, you keep doing this, you're going to die. So he decides instead to become a movie star, moves to Los Angeles. He meets this woman there. He falls desperately in love with her. She's a devout Catholic. He figures, well, I'm going to get in her good graces by going to her church. Next thing you know, it, he suffers this life, uh, almost life-ending accident, which you know caused him to embrace the light. I mean, he wanted to not only become a better person, better Christian, he wanted to become a priest. So we have this non-traditional seminary student trying to become a priest, but there's this other huge obstacle that gets in the way, and uh, I don't want to tell you about it. I did not see it coming. I did not know the story of Stuart Long prior to this, but naturally it is very a very inspirational story. Um, again, one that really took me aback. And uh, wow. Mark Wahlberg was very passionate about telling the story, sunk a lot of his own money into the production of this, and uh, because his mission from now on, apparently, is to inspire people. And I say good on him. And, you know, this isn't a perfect movie. Uh, there's some certain, certainly some problems with it. I mean, some questions are left unanswered. But I think, by and large, I mean, look, if you want to do good in the world and spot, uh, uh, spread positive messages, go for it. And I think Mark Wahlberg succeeded with this film. Tim, uh, based, I, I just want to make sure I get this right. This is based on a, on a real story, on a true story, yes. Stuart Long? And yeah, is and it the thing theaters is, if you Google the guy, if you Google okay. the guy, you're going to find out the big turn of events in the film. Mm. Um, okay. but, but, you know, so that's, you know, it's funny enough because I did Google him and then I didn't read it. You know, I got distracted with a phone call or something. And I'm glad I didn't because, again, what happens in this movie, you think by the trailers okay, it's going to be funny, and there are laughs in this picture, um, but it's also very serious and takes this very serious turn that I did not see coming. So, no, it's, they're not mocking anybody. They're not making fun of the faith or anything like that. People don't need to get upset. But, uh, you know, again, the timing, uh, obviously we have Easter weekend coming up, uh, Passover you know, it, it's a faith-based movie uh, at an important time uh, of the year for people of faith. So, yeah, I, I, I think the timing is right, and I could see this movie having some longevity because it seems to me, even though you don't have the big stars, faith-based movies generally have staying power. So it'll be interesting to see where this one goes. Okay. Tim, I want to want to see this. I love Marky mm-hmm. Mark. I, I see all the stupid stuff he does, the Ted movies. That I, I, I love him. Here's and I love the face faith based thing. Here's the I deal. know where you're going with this one, Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, this is a Mel Gibson movie, and he yeah. is an anti semite. Oh. And yeah. I've seen the pre. I've seen the promos. I'm like, this is so my wheelhouse. I would love this. I want to hear the story of this priest, and I will Google him and I will support his story or whatever. But I'm not going to Mel Gibson movies, and the fact that yeah. Mark Wahlberg threw in with Mel Gibson is really shocking to me. 
Well, you know, both Mel, I mean, despite Mel's uh, tragic mistakes in his past, you know, claims to be a devout Catholic, as is Mark Wahlberg. And this story is actually written, the screenplay, and directed by Mel Gibson's current girlfriend, who he's been with since about 2014. Mm -hmm. So you can see the connection there. That's why he's a part of it. And, and, you know, it is a shame. It's a shame when you see a guy like this who is... There's no question the guy is a talented actor. And it's like, how could you have screwed up your life that bad and caused so much harm to so many people? It's just a shame that, you know, by his stupidity, he's really robbed himself of, of, of praise. I mean, because, again, Mark Wahlberg, too. I mean, this is a phenomenal thing that he does with this picture. He is a terrific actor. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I was going to bring that yeah. up, Jordana, because I didn't yeah. want to surprise yeah. you. You're going to get no, to the I'm theater. It. like, yeah. Mel Gibson. <laughs> no, I'm on it. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for but bringing again, it up, because I'm sure there are other people that are not going to die on that hill that I'm going to die on, but it's, he's just not getting my money. Yeah. 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 I get it. He uses that you. line in the movie, by the way. Are you sure you oh, want to really? die on that hill? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. That's that's the one I'm going to die on. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're you're. Thank you, Tim. This was enlightening, and I cannot wait to see the Dumbledore movie. So, thank yeah. you for both of them. Thank you. All Tim. right. Happy Passover. Happy Easter, everybody. And uh, we'll talk next week. Absolutely. And to you. Yes. Happy Passover and Easter. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where I go, uh, Paul. When I. Morgan. You know, there are some things that you stand up for and some things yeah. that are everyone's personal crusade, and I get it, and that's, I just can't do any more, that, more Mel Gibson movies. That's a red line. Has he ever apologized? Has he ever tried to redeem himself or, or not? I think that's hard to come back from. I, maybe. I, I, not not yeah, enough, I, I guess. Know. Not enough, yeah. Okay, I get it. I get I it. I do love Marky hey, Mark, though. do love It's been a... Uh, a rock and roll show, some of the moments that made us do a double take when we come back on CCO. Paul and Jordana and DJ, Jorit reminds me a little of uh, David and Goliath, a little bit in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we know who For won sure. that battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell you what, Ukraine punching above their weight. Uh, the flagship of Russia's Black Sea naval fleet the missile cruiser Moskva, or Moscow, sank earlier this afternoon after being heavily damaged. Uh, the Russians are saying it was a fire on board. Ukraine is saying that their forces hit this missile cruiser with cruise missiles. So uh, we will see, but it, it's uh, another setback for Russia in this mm-hmm. ongoing skirmish. Um, but not enough. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a, you know, a victory in the battle, but it seems that and it, our guest that well, you're about to talk about, you know, said that eventually Russia will get most of what it wants in this war. They'll just grind Ukraine down. Mm-hmm. While we continue to furnish Ukraine with arms, NATO, mm-hmm. the United States included. Um, and so... We asked Harry Kazianis, he's the uh, senior director at the Center for the National Interest. He's been, uh, he's had a front row seat with war games, war simulations, and he had some cautionary news about what might happen in the unfortunate event that NATO actually gets drawn into a shooting war with Russia. Here's what he said. 
We never thought that a, a war between NATO and Russia could potentially break out. But we always thought it was important to do the research, do it anyway, just in case that possibility happened. And what we always found is that when that kinetic contact happened, and usually it would happen because of an accident, an accidental missile strike or, you know, another war in Eastern Europe creating the possibility of that that NATO-Russia war actually breaking out. What ends up happening was is that, that, that Putin does not have the capability to beat NATO in a conventional sense. In other words, not using nuclear weapons or chemical weapons or something like that. So what always happens in every scenario we fight, the Russians are forced to use what are called tactical nuclear weapons. In other words, smaller weapons that were used in Hiroshima. And every single time, millions or billions of people die in the process. Terrifying. Yeah. Very yeah. upsetting. But again, that's how he says the war games play out. We can hope that it won't play out like that in real life, but it does seem that Russia can do this for the long haul. They are better funded. I mean, other than the support of the greater world, but um, I, I don't know. It's very difficult to see how Ukraine would be victorious in this effort. Still looking for an off-ramp. And and I speculated, and Kaziana seemed to agree, that where this may be going is that, you know, a bigger chunk of eastern Ukraine winds up becoming a part of Russia, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and western Ukraine remains free and uh, and democratic, and that there's, you know, back and forth, a little like the DMZ, perhaps, in, in uh, Korea, between North Korea and South Korea. But who knows? Nobody knows, and, and that's... You know, the uncertainty is uh, mm -hmm. is scary, but it wouldn't take too many miscalculations. It's a slippery slope. You could see where an accident could flare up and suddenly NATO is drawn into this. And Russia is outmatched against NATO, vastly outmatched. Heck, they're outmatched by Ukraine right now. Ukraine has had the upper hand in most of these battles. But uh, let, let's hope that doesn't happen and we continue to provide arms, but it doesn't become a hot shooting war between Russia and NATO. That would be a different beast. A different beast. Uh, we also talked about technology on the show. We asked uh, Grant Rewi from the University of St. Thomas to about a study that they had done there that shows bias in algorithms and artificial intelligence. So I asked him if there's, you know, we know these algorithms are catered to us. If they're showing bias, maybe a racial bias or a, a gender bias, how should we respond to that if it's technology-based? From a personal perspective, when we look at what we're getting algorithmically from social media, if you're not seeing things that make you think a little bit if you're not seeing things that make you a little bit uncomfortable and i'm not talking about anger i'm talking about different viewpoints here you're likely caught within a bubble of confirmation bias in your social media and you should step back from it and go seek out other conflicting sources of information which is really hard to do we're so inundated with things that are um subject to our own confirmation bias that feel good to us, we've some, in some way forgotten how to deal with a little bit of friction with another viewpoint and how to engage with it and think about why might the other person feel that way or think that way. Yeah. That's good advice. Good point. Good advice. It's hard to do, though. We all know it's hard to go seek out the opposite opinion. I know that, I mean, I watched Fox News for this exact purpose, but it makes me irate. 
it makes me angry and at some point I have to turn it off. But yet you want to hear what people that are a differing viewpoint are talking about. You want to hear what, you know, they're thinking and feeling and it's hard though. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we when we get back, do, let's talk about some something a little news. more fun. Yeah. Yes. How about, um, would you, would you wear lingerie, Paul? Excuse me? Okay. Male lingerie. Next. So you see um, President Biden get hit by an unidentified falling substance last night in a barn in Menlo, Iowa. He's talking about inflation when something landed on his shoulder. It seemed like a bird may have been responsible, but the White House communications director said no. She tweeted, if you guys knew your way around a corn silo at all, you'd know it was corn. But... <laughs> Because it was corn doesn't mean it wasn't also poop. Um, I'm going to take a bipartisan approach and say it was both of those things. Uh, it, it looked like bird poop because I did it see it. It looked like poop, yeah. It was white, it, whitish. It did. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, I guess it was corn falling from the ceiling of the silo, I guess. Whatever you um, want it to be, yes. So, men's lingerie... Is this something, you're both men, uh, is this something that you would consider, something that would appeal to you? Is, is that hot? Yeah, at the, at the entrance to hell, there would be lingerie on display for men. Uh, yeah. I have to be honest, I haven't no. heard of this before, but uh, according Why? to the New York Times, men's lingerie is no. a big market, a huge market, in fact. Uh, Rihanna. Rihanna is, by the way, I think she's one of the first billion, self-made billionaires or the only self-made billionaire. I, I, I'm not sure. She's uh, not, not the only, of course, but um, maybe it's pe- women of color. I'm not sure what it is. But she has a lingerie brand and a makeup brand, clothing brand and a makeup brand. And she released her first men's lingerie collection, Savage X Fenty, in 2020. And it sold out in 12 hours. It sold out in 12 hours. Even the chief merchandising officer for the brand said, we were shocked. We were surprised at how well it did. And there's a brand called Fleur de Mal. It's an upscale lingerie store in New York and L.A. They said they made a line. They made a boxers for men of sheer lace. This is according to the New York Times. They say the boxers sold out. The lace boxers for men sold out in two days. And there is a wait list of more than 500 people for it. Um, Lingerie sort of skyrocketed during the pandemic, which is also surprising because isolation. But who knows? Maybe people in great relationships were just spicing things up. And they said there was an untapped men's market. And there is a huge rise in the need or the want, the market for men's lingerie. But I I guess you guys aren't buying what they're selling, huh? I uh I don't get that. I you yeah. know you have the freedom to make poor choices, but uh well, go for it. You, I, I think it's not whatever you're into. I think it's whatever DJ, you're into. Are you into. googling? Are you googling lingerie yeah. right now for men? No, and I don't think this is a question for men. I think it's a question for women. I mean, look, if if lingerie if if a man putting on lingerie is going to help him out in that area of his life, I got to believe they're going to do it, but uh, I don't think most men are buying that that's going to be helpful to them. 
I, I guess if your wife says, honey, I'd love to see you in some lace boxers, I guess you're like, okay, let's get going and, and do it. And I always say to each his own, whatever gets you to more sex with a loving partner, do it. No one ever went to their grave saying, I, you know, I had too much sex. So everybody should be having more sex. But I, um, I think if Mark trotted out in some, some lacy lingerie, I think I might giggle. I love my husband, but <laughs> I hey, giggle. Lori, Lori asked me to dress in layers, and uh, <laughs> so I. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try. Follow that. us on Twitter at P Douglas Weather at Jordana oh, WCCO, God. and I'm on Instagram at Jordana Verde. That's where all the good stuff lives. V E R D E. Uh, we'll tweet out some show stuff, and tomorrow there's a Twins game, so we'll be on a little bit late, but we'll see you right after the Twins. The news is next on CCO. Oh, that's a fancy Doppler you got there, Paul.